Haven had been stalking the halls of this dungeon for a few hours, taking it slowly and disarming each rudimentary trap that lay in their path. This had to be the place. Their contact had pointed them here and assured them that this is where they would find their bounty. Slowly, Haven turns a corner and peers down a long, dark corridor, their devil sight allowing them to see every detail. Most importantly, there at the end of the hall is a room with a faint light, glowing from a fire and a few torches. Moving stealthily, they reach the threshold. There at their feet is a final tripwire, and just beyond that, a man sits gnawing on a skewered piece of meat. It's probably rat. They step over the tripwire and slip into the deep shadows of the room. Crouched, Haven crumbles a small piece of coal in their hand and casts a darkness spell. Moments later, a thick black fog will engulf the campfire and swallow the man as he begins to panic. With their devil sight, Haven can see fine and slips into the fog. Silently, as Haven steps into range behind their target, they rapidly strike with two daggers, one slashing the throat, the other stabbing the stomach. Okay, Haven, roll for sneak attack with advantage. Hey everybody, I'm Justin, and thank you for joining me for another reading from the Tome of Dungeoneering. In this episode, we take a look at what might be the most elegant rule to ever be added to Dungeons & Dragons. Advantage and disadvantage. For those of you that are new to the game, we will break down how this mechanic works and talk about some of the ways you can expand the system with homebrew. And don't forget, even though this is a Dungeons & Dragons rule, it's been around for a lot longer than 5th edition, and you can really implement this into any d20-based system. So, how does all this work? To see where we are going, let's first look at where we came from. Pinned, negative four. Entangled, negative two. Flanking, plus two. Dazzled, negative one. Flat-footed, plus zero. Why is that last one even a thing? And are you confused yet? Prior to 5th edition, advantage and disadvantage didn't exist. Players and DMs had to keep track of a variety of bonuses and penalties that reflected a superior or inferior position in combat. Thankfully, we no longer need to track all of these things, and we can keep the focus more on the narrative or the gameplay. Advantage and disadvantage simplifies this whole process in such a delightful way. Whenever you are in a particularly advantageous position and need to make a die roll, you would instead roll two dice and take the higher of the two rolls. Disadvantage is the opposite of this. You roll two dice and take the lowest. That's it. It really is that easy. Adding this rule to the game greatly simplifies many of the aspects of gameplay, not just combat. Do you have a party member helping you to disarm a trap? Advantage! 
Do you take the dodge action? The next attack against you will have disadvantage. Are you a dwarf? Well, guess what? Advantage against being poisoned. You lunge forward with your rapier, stabbing at the cultist in front of you. Your long, slender blade pierces the robes, and streaks of blood spray out upon removal. You ready yourself for what comes next. The cultist throws open his robe and searches inside of a pouch. Moments later, he produces a file of red liquid and downs it with a smirk. The blood stops spraying, and the cultist's breathing returns to normal. Sliding his foot back, he leans into a defensive stance. You, seeing this happen, faint high with your sword and then with a rotation at the elbow, swipe across the gut of the cultist, causing him to stumble to a knee in pain. Okay, so what just happened in that example? The cultist popped a potion as a bonus action and then took the dodge action. This would make the fighter roll his next attack with disadvantage. But no, you are no ordinary fighter. You are a highly trained battle master, and you used a fainting attack, which gives you advantage on your next attack. In this scenario, the conflicting advantage and disadvantage would cancel each other out. Now, what if your battle master brought an ally that happened to be flanking said cultist? Now you have advantage from the fainting attack and from the optional flanking rules, and the cultist is only imposing one source of disadvantage. How many dice would you roll for that? Did you say two? Well, if you're using the rules as written, then no, it would still just be one. Any amount of conflicting advantage will cancel out disadvantage, and vice versa. Now, personally, I am not fond of that ruling, but you know what? With homebrew, well, we can change that. One of my favorite homebrews relies on the advantage system. I call it, and the DM that I learned it from also called it, stacking advantage and stacking disadvantage. It is just as easy as the core ruling. If you would receive advantage from more than one source, roll even more dice. This rewards the party for cooperating in a really potent way. Imagine if the party fighter manages to restrain a foe while the assassin rogue is lining up a shot from concealment. With the way I do things at our table, that rogue is going to attack with 3d20 plus their bonus to hit. Pair that with sharpshooter or great weapon master and your damage output could be insane. Let's see this in action. All around your party is darkness and the sound of bones clattering. Faint green light shines off the horizon in this strange realm. A flash of green lightning illuminates the world around you for only a moment. You stand in the middle of a swarm of skeletons, each one pushing in with sword and shield in hand, and a menacing figure floats overhead, dressed in elegant robes. Most of his features skeletal. His eye glows a fiery bright green and eight thick spellbooks float and swirl around him, looking down at you. You aren't worth my time. You see him raise his left hand and gesticulate with the unnaturally long green fingers and he releases a spell. 
You recognize the spell as Hold Person. This is bad. Your bard casts Counterspell. Vecna glares with rage that you would continue to show him such disrespect. He waves a hand dismissively while casting his own Counterspell. It works, and Hold Person takes effect. You feel your body lock up, and in the moments before you die, you see your allies all frozen too. Vecna turns his back to you, and his skeletons drive forward, flanking the party from all sides. They raise their swords and strike down with double advantage. One from the flanking, and one from Hold Person. As your eyes close, you hear Vecna laughing in the distance. <laughs> Oh, um, right. I guess I should add that if the players get to do it, so does the DM. I get to use this too, and so would you at your table. This can make already scary fights so much deadlier. But it can also make smaller fights that much deadlier too. You know, like goblins with packed tactics that move in for flanking. It scales in a way that's pretty deadly. And as the DM, you can stack disadvantage on your players in combat, with traps, and in skill-based challenges. There's only one way that I restrict this particular homebrew, and that is that I don't let my players stack advantage from multiple sources of the help action. So the whole party can't say I help with disarming the trap. You can get it from one other person, which would give you that instance of advantage. More times than not, two people working on a single task ends up being a bit of a too-many-cooks-in-the-kitchen situation. In actual play, there are more ways than I could possibly enumerate for your players and villains to work together and against each other to stack advantage and disadvantage. Let us know what crazy things happen at your table as you start to stack these things. As always, I want to take a moment at the end of our episode to express our deepest gratitude to all of our viewers, fans, and other supporters. Your contributions, whether they are from sharing our show with all of your friends or supporting us on Patreon, that means the world to us. Your continued support will allow us to keep doing something that we truly love. If you know someone that you think might enjoy our show, one of the best things you can do to help us is to share our content with them or with your player group. And if you want to support us in a more direct way, we do have a Patreon set up over at www.patreon.com forward slash into the dungeon where you can get access to bonus material, to some really cool merch items that are exclusive to Patreon that are just waiting for you to come and show your support and love in that way. Thank you, and we can't wait to read for you again from the Tome of Dungeoneering. Hey, hey, it's an owlbear.